Hi, everyone. I hope you're well. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of our podcast. How are you doing, Kane? Fantastic on a fantastic day. Well, good. I know it was beautiful today. I love it. And we've got Link up here again with us today. He's just looking at me because we took his toy away because he was a little too loud with it. So he's just, I don't know if he's giving me the stink eye or what. He's getting drowsy. He's going to fall asleep. Okay, good, 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 good. Well, today, Kane, we're going to do something different because we had talked about, I, I had placed something on Instagram that we were going to discuss hand rejuvenation today. I'm going to table that until a later episode because what I would like to talk about today is regenerative medicine and how it interacts or coincides with aesthetics. And the reason for that is I just got back from a meeting last week. It was the Aesthetic and Anti-Aging World Congress meeting. And it was so interesting. And so much of the focus of the meeting were on exosomes. So that's what we're going to talk about today. As part of regenerative medicine? That's a hard <laughs> word to say. It's part it seems of re- to go hand in hand with the aesthetic world anyhow, right? I mean, that's what you're trying to essentially accomplish. It does. I mean, let's, let's think about that. Let's peel a layer back on that. Because if you think about our age, right, in a chronological fashion, We're all getting a year older, granted, but there is a difference in biological age. So how we feel, certainly how our inner health is, that's our biological aging. And what's so interesting- Well, I feel like I'm 20, but I'm really not. I mean, my my knees aren't, but mentally I feel like I'm 20. Well, what if you could get to that point where your knees actually were 20? And that really is the place where medicine is heading and even aesthetics is heading is, you know, for- we treat the signs of aging, right? We treat the loss of volume. We treat the loss of collagen and elastin, the pigmentation we get, the wrinkles we get with Botox, fillers, biostimulatories, and energy-based devices. But what if we could actually treat the cell and restore the cellular youth to it? That's what's interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like aesthetics is treating the symptom, but treating the cell is kind of getting to the root cause. Correct. So I'm going to actually preface this a little bit more as to why this is important. So if this gets a little technical, we've got Kane here to to break to it down. To explain for the technicalities? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, to, to stop me in my tracks. But, right. but this is important. Okay. So as we get older, you know, first of all, we've got these cells in our dermis. So we've got our epidermal layer, the top layer. We've got our dermis, which consists of two different layers, essentially, the papillary dermis, the upper part, and the reticular dermis. In and all pap- this makes up the skin. And all this makes okay. up the skin, correct. In the papillary dermis, that upper part, there are that's where the majority of your fibroblasts are. The fibroblasts are the cells that make collagen. So when we get older, some of these fibroblasts can become senescent. And that, what that means is, and I love, I love this lecture that I heard in Miami. Her name's Dr. Weil. She's a dermatologist and she's a scientist out of Mayo Clinic. And her lectures were fascinating. And I love how she described these senescent cells as zombie cells. So they basically are not doing their proper function. They're not creating the collagen, but they're bad apples in the batch. They are bad players. And what they do is they secrete certain secretomes, little secretions, that affect the other fibroblasts around, the healthy fibroblasts, and also turn them into senescent fibroblasts. So they are basically taking a healthy population and making them unhealthy. 
And why is that important? Well, it's important because then these cells stop producing collagen. They can also interact with other cells to produce more pigment. So you get that 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 kind of pigmentation on the skin, that uneven texture, and they can also actually degrade collagen as well. So they can so, you can so, get more lines and wrinkles. So senescent cells are basically zombie cells mm-hmm. that are turning other good cells into more zombie cells. Correct. The senescent fibroblasts are what we're talking about. Okay. That's that's what we're really trying to trying to impact. So we've also heard, and I know this is kind of a longer thing, so stick with me, but this is important. You've also heard about PRP and why sometimes PRP works, sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes you get some results, sometimes you don't. Well, if you think about what PRP is doing, let's say a 50-year-old woman is coming in with wrinkles on their face and they want you want to take her blood to get the stem cells in order to place it back on her face to try to impact aging. We have to remember, you're putting on 50-year-old cells back onto her skin. And what researchers are finding is it's not the stem cell that's making the difference. It's the exosomes of the stem cell that makes a difference. And so the thought is, let's go back to nature and harvest these exosomes and be able to then purify them and utilize exosomes, younger, even younger exosomes, onto the skin. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm, I, I think so. I mean, so you're taking, you're taking the blood. This is PRP specifically. Are right? you taking the blood and you're trying to just you, you spin it? So you try to isolate the stem cells. So that's what PRP is. That's so what PRP, PRP is. is. But pr- what you really want to do is you want to isolate the exosomes, which is stimulating the stem cells. Well, you really want to have younger exosomes. Okay. You don't want to have older exosomes. So you really want to have these purified products that can be placed there. So, But what is an exosome? Sure. So good question. An exosome is a vesicle that kind of the stem cell creates. It's a little tiny vesicle that within this vesicle, it's kind of an outpouching of the outer part of the stem cell. Within that exosome are growth factors, proteins, lipids, mRNA. It's acellular, so it cannot transfer any type of disease. It's acellular, but it is the powerhouses. It allows cells to cell communication. So it it gets into the cell and it basically will rejuvenate that cell from inside to out. So what we typically do is we're trying to change the milieu, whether it's delivering energy-based devices to try to help stimulate the fibroblasts to make collagen, this is actually getting into the damaged cells to rejuvenate them. Hence the regenerative. Correct. That's a mouthful. Medicine component. Correct. And so right now, exosomes are applied topically. There's no FDA clearances for injectables exosomes. Now in the future, there's a lot of research that's being done on injectable exosomes. So in the future, we might have something like that that comes to market. But right now, Exosomes are are a newer topic. Granted, we've been doing them in our practice for the past 18 months, but there are some major players in the field. Benev is one of them. They have mesenchymal stem cells. And then Rion is another one, which are platelet-derived stem cells. And then there's also Chimera is another company. Those are probably the three biggest companies in the... I'm sorry, I'm saying stem cells. I'm saying exosomes. Those are probably the three biggest companies with the exosomes. There's multiple other ones. But those are probably the three 
I want to say, biggest, yes, but probably the most pure exosomes that, that are utilized. Well, I think it's actually a good topic because, you know, I don't know much about exosomes, but any type of, you know, magazine or literature that I open, if you open the new beauty magazine, I mean, you see exosomes advertising and, and marketing everywhere. It does kind of seem to be the future. That's where all the investment seems to be going. And so I think it's a good topic for everybody to kind of learn the basics about because it does seem to have evolved beyond what PRP can do. Correct, correct. And so exosomes, again, are applied topically. You usually have to break the skin. So what that means is typically there is an energy-based device. Maybe it's even just with microneedling, but there's something that traverses the skin so that exosomes then are applied and can get down to the dermis. So we do them post-procedure, but what's interesting is there is a skincare line, and Ryan is the, the makers of it, that have, it came out of Mayo Clinic, and what they found is that they can make these exosomes on the outer wall more robust. It's a proprietary type of procedure they do to it, so that these exosomes are more stable, so that they can be placed in a topical product that can be used for let's say over six weeks time period. So this is their skincare. This is the premise of their skincare line. And it's not cheap, Kane. It's like 250 bucks for a bottle of it. So it, it's not cheap for sure. And patients will know, I mean, when they come to our practice, we don't carry a lot of products because if there's comparable products, then I say, fine, use whatever brand that you like. Now I do carry SkinCeuticals, vitamin C, E, Ferulic, because I think that's kind of in a class of its own. I do carry triple lipid, certainly some sunscreen as well. But I am looking at this as a possibility. And the reason is, if you apply these exosomes on a daily basis, twice a day for six weeks, you're going to get more of that benefit in rejuvenating the the cells. If you're basically just applying it just post-procedure, now that's something, it'll help, but it's a one-time deal as opposed to a more consistent type of deal. And they're formulated where you can place them on even just on washed skin. It doesn't have to be traversed with any type of, of microneedling or whatnot. But but wouldn't you want to have some sort of penetration into the skin? I mean No, not with these not with, not with the these. skincare product. Okay. Now with the exosomes that we formulate in the office, you know, they come as a lyophilized powder and we have to place the diluent in it to make a liquid. Those are better if they're traversed, but the skincare products that they have you can place it on twice a twice a day. All right. So l- let me just kind of break this down to like some basics right and now. And I, I don't have it in our practice as of yet. I'm just looking at it okay. as a possibility. Okay. But what we do offer in our practice right now, we do use exosomes post-procedure. And why do we do that? We do that again to help with those senescent fibroblasts and which allows, and also exosomes in itself can help stimulate more collagen and elastin. So the the literature shows that it's six times more collagen that can be produced post-energy-based procedures when you add the exosomes on top. And it also helps to heal the patient quicker. So I use it for post-CO2 patients, especially when I do high-level CO2. It allows for quicker healing, reduces the redness, the erythema that we see post-procedure as well. Yeah, that's what I, that was the impression I always thought of when I think of exosomes is it just, it helps you heal faster. Correct. Which is important when you're doing ablative type of procedures. So it's interesting, Kane, there's a lot that's going on in regenerative medicine. I find it absolutely fascinating because of the fact that finally we're getting at the level where 
we could potentially be doing something with cellular youth where we can actually truly turn back the the hands of time. Well, and it, it, I mean, it seems like we're just scratching the surface of what exosomes are capable of doing. I think a lot of investment in the future will bear even bigger fruits. But for right now, I mean, the exosomes that we use just kind of help aid in the healing process for some of the more aggressive treatments that we that we offer. And stimulate a little more elastin and collagen. And then also stimulate. And then there's also potentially some longer term kind of skin care products that would have exosome capabilities as well that would give you that daily boost, I guess. Correct. And I tell you, when I looked at the data for rosacea patients, it was pretty remarkable what it did for their for their T injectation, for their blood vessels, the redness of their face. So again, I, I'm I'm looking at it and we'll we'll see if that's something we bring on or not. Yeah, it's exciting. I know I know just from the results and the feedback that we've had from exosome use post-procedure has been tremendous. I mean, people really are coming in and asking, making sure that they get it after their procedures. Absolutely. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. And I promise I will do hand rejuvenation in the future for sure. But I just wanted to, while this was fresh on my mind, discuss a little bit about exosomes. All right. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. And by the way, if thank you for listening. And if you enjoy it, it'd be great if you could rate us. It just helps provide a little more visibility and that visibility will expose more people to just having more information at their fingertips. So please rate us if you like this. Thanks so much. Have a great night. All right, bye. Bye.